On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. You may notice that my voice sounds a little funky. That's because I'm just getting over a cold, so bear with me on that. Today's episode is all about waiting, so raise your hand if you like to wait. Raise your hand if you consider yourself patient. Raise your hand if you know a trick to waiting and enduring the wait. Many of us struggle with waiting. I know patience has been a big thing in my life. And even our society, we want it. We want it now. We want it yesterday. We don't want to wait. Waiting is really, really hard. Or it can be. Now, it does depend on, on upon what we're waiting, right? Sometimes we're waiting for somebody else to change. Have you ever waited for that? You're praying and you're waiting and you're hoping that there will be change. Yeah, well, we're like, okay, good luck with that. Sometimes we're waiting for that next break in our life. Sometimes we're waiting for a new season. Sometimes we're waiting for healing and health. Sometimes we're waiting for an answer to prayer. In just about all cases that I know, waiting is tricky and it's not exactly easy. But we can learn from the psalmist a few things that he did in order to wait and endure the waiting. Researchers suggest that waiting can provoke impatience, stress, anxiety, and guess what? Anxiety makes the wait seem even longer. Just think about standing in a line. Have you ever been in a drive-thru and you're like, wait a minute, this, I've just been sitting here forever. It's not going anywhere. And you're like, oh, I could have run in. Or we all know how we get the, we get into the wrong line at the supermarket. Nowadays we have to check ourselves out, it seems, but still those lines can be so long. Waiting, 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 waiting. Apparently our society and our culture, we may not have to wait as long as in other cultures. You know, some cultures, they, it's like, okay, I'll meet you at eight. And they come in at eight 30. And we consider that disrespectful when someone arrives late. But in other cultures, it's like, oh, this is the Hispanic hour. In other words, it's it's customary or it's socially accepted to even arrive late. Nobody arrives on time or on the dot, quite like we do in America. In general, we don't like to wait. And so we're going to unpack Psalm 6 today. As I studied the psalm, I I divided it myself into what the psalmist begged for, how he felt, and then how God behaved toward him. So I had three little groups here, what the psalmist begged for, how he felt, and then how God actually behaved toward him. In other words, he had basically five pleas. He said to the Lord, do not rebuke me or discipline me, have mercy on me, heal me, turn and deliver me and save me. Well, have you ever begged the Lord out of the pit of your own despair? Our human experience is one in which we can really dip low. And sometimes we just don't find our way out. And we're like, Lord, I'm sitting here in this darkness. Please have mercy on me. Deliver me and save me. Heal me. The psalmist is described as faint with his bones in agony. 
an anguished soul. He was worn out. Are you, are you worn out? Yeah, sometimes I feel worn out. He was groaning. He was crying floods. Can you think of seasons of your life when you were crying floods of tears? His eyes were weak and failing. Again, has this ever described you or someone you know? Christians really do get a bad rap when we're depressed and maybe not behaving in a, in a way that we should. What I discovered in my personal journey, and this may not apply to you, was that many of my problems stem from my focus. In other words, if I fixated on just how awful things were, see, it seems like they really did become more unbearable. If I constantly told myself that life was difficult and just so very hard and that I just couldn't handle any more, well, that's exactly what happened. I would come to this point of breaking, it seemed. But thank God that when we shift our gaze, when we take our thoughts captive, when we energize life-giving, truth-filled, and gratitude-laced thoughts, that our emotions and behavior follow suit. And listen, if you don't know how to do this, shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com, because I offer free thought strategy sessions where you and I together can pinpoint a little stinking thinking and get you on your way out of that rut. Many folks can identify their stinking thinking, but they may not know exactly how, you know, those tangible ways to get headed in a new direction full of life and hope, joy, peace, health, and patience that God does indeed have in store for all his kids. We may not always feel on a high, obviously. We're not always like on cloud nine, but the issue is that when we are stuck and we don't have the tools to lead our minds in a healthy direction and change our brains for the good, that we need a little bit of help. And as a certified life coach, I'd be happy to help you. Check out what some folks are saying on my website at choose to think.co. That's with the number two again, choose to think.co. And I don't want to miss this opportunity to ask you if you if you have put in your hands the choose to think devotional, which is chock full of inspirational messages to help you start your day on the right foot. Matter of fact, I'm going to read an excerpt later on in this episode, but all the links that I'm mentioning now are in the show notes. So we've looked at what David was asking from the Lord and how he felt, and I'm sure that you can actually identify. The third glance I took in the category was, what did God do about his aching son? The Lord did three things. He heard the psalmist weeping. He heard the cry for mercy, and he accepted the psalmist's prayer. Do you get the idea that God is listening and that your tears, your agony, your suffering, that they're not in vain. You have an advocate for you. God is listening. He is a God who hears you. He's deeply acquainted with your pain, probably like nobody else. This is what Tim Keller says of Psalm 6. He says, waiting can be difficult, especially when you're dealing with extraordinary pain and sickness. And the author points out in the reflection that, how long, O oh Lord, how long? is the cry of someone who has walked with more pain and sickness than he thought he could ever bear. While times of waiting can be especially difficult, God hears the prayer of the faltering because of his, quote, unfailing love for us, which is referenced in verse 4. While David hardly has the heart to pray, and have you ever been there? You're like, I can't even pray right now. I'm just so put out. We know from this psalm that his tears are not pointless. Be encouraged by that. Your tears are are not in vain. Your agony is not in vain. Verses eight and nine of this psalm reference an answering touch from God, reflective of God's ongoing presence. And verse 10 is an assurance that God is listening, 
even when the circumstances have not changed. We can endure in our times of waiting because God walks with us. I love his take on that. The occasion of the psalm seems plainly to have been some grievous distress or disease on David upon him, accompanied with great trouble of conscience for his sins, whereby he had brought it upon himself. Some say even that it was written toward the end of David's life. So I think you get a picture of the background here and a picture of what this aching soul is going through. And I'm sure that you can relate. So let's listen to this psalm. And I'm going to meet you on the other side with actionable items that you can take to help you as you wait for the Lord. Psalm 6, the NIV version. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. Charles Stanley encourages us with this simple takeaway regarding waiting. He says that, that waiting upon the Lord has eternal rewards. Think about that for a second. Sometimes as we're waiting, depending on what we're waiting on, right? I mean, waiting to get your order is one thing. Waiting to be healed from some affliction is another. Waiting for answer to prayer is quite another. If we can say, okay, there is reward here, then that has a powerful impact upon our mindset. And that's really the key. It's waiting with expectation and hope. It's a time when we focus on the reward. Let me read to you an excerpt from the Choose to Think devotional. And this is coming in on January the 5th. The scripture there is actually from Ecclesiastes 7, 8. And it says, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. And patience is better than pride. And it goes like this, I choose patience. Some scientific studies suggest that practicing patience can ease depression and stimulate feelings of compassion. The neurotransmitter serotonin seems to be involved with boosting patient behavior. The trick is to focus on the delayed or future reward. In other words, the more we practice patience, the more we train our brains to slow down and wait for the reward. So today, if you're on the phone with a support technician who doesn't seem to understand the predicament regarding your account, or you are standing in front of your exasperated and determined toddler, and you notice your blood is starting to boil, pause, take a deep breath, remind yourself there's a carrot dangling before you called peace of mind. Relax your shoulders, drop your pride, and remember how compassionate and patient Christ has been with you. The reflection questions are, is there an area of your life where where you desire to improve your levels of patience by enduring a bit longer? 
And what is the reward in store if you do? The prayer goes like this, Lord, I confess that I have been foolishly impatient at work with my colleagues, at the grocery store with the clerk, and even with my own family members. Help me remember that patience involves long suffering on my part. Teach me to breathe and slow down and believe things will be better soon. I even stumbled upon a blog post which was a part of the Gospel Coalition. It's an article written by Chelsea Patterson Sabolik. And her takeaway is so profound. She says, and this is a little bit more serious than what I was writing about in the devotional. Those were more practical applications of employing our patients. But here it's, she says, instead of focusing on our own trials, we can ask that our longings be transformed. She says, may our longing be for deeper intimacy with our Savior. May our longing be to grow in Christ-likeness. May our longing be to see others find their ultimate needs met in Him. May our longing be to know Christ and to make Him known. May our longing be to bring glory to His name. May our longing be for Him. And finally, Gill's commentary encourages us to remember Jesus, who agonized in the garden. Quote, you remember it was that doleful night in which He was betrayed, when it was the hour and power of darkness, and when, when Jesus had no other couch or bed but the ground itself, which was watered, not only with His tears, but with His sweat and blood, His sweat being, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. So He is often said to sigh and groan in spirit, end quote. Well, if you are waiting and you're just beside yourself in agony, cast your cares on Jesus, that one who knows your pain like none other. Remember, there is an eternal reward. The joy set before you as you endure, endure your cross. Hold on because better days are coming. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Choose to Think podcast. I couldn't thank you enough for your support. Remember on the show, if you want to support the Choose to Think inspirational podcast, did you know for as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this show? And it would do me so good to see that there's a listener out there who says, you know what, Victoria, I'm going to invest 12 bucks in the Choose to Think podcast for the next year. If you would do that, if you just head over to Anchor, there's a there's a supporter, listener support tab there. You just click that and boom, all you have to do is enter your information and then you can be a supporter of the show. I would really, really appreciate that. Or pray for me. I need your prayer. I covet your prayers. Or you can share the link with a friend. Maybe someone you know is kind of down in the dumps, going through a hard time. Shoot them the link on this. Send them a private message and let them know or share it on social media and be sure to tag me. I would really appreciate your support on the show. So God bless you. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.